Yeah, yeah. I said that to Ms. Doom on Twitter. I was like, yeah, you're aware I don't actually think about my intros. Yeah, it's amazing because Miss Doom has done like has written a, a match report here from Strong, and it's incredibly comprehensive. Like it's did I, segue without, did I segue without even segueing? We obviously we're covering the G one, and we'll get to that as we did we do every week while the G one is happening. Our stiff one uh, progress, but before we get to that, uh, over the weekend there was a New Japan Strong taping, and it occurred in. Uh, uh, North Carolina, I think, yeah. And obviously New Japan Strong, for people that don't know, is the uh, American arm of New Japan Pro Wrestling. And during the G1, it's like, well, what can New Japan do to sort of keep those fires burning? Well, they sent over the juniors. And so for those lucky people that were in uh, North Carolina or watching that, they got to see Hiromu and Despi and Kushida. Uh, and Eddie Kingston was there too um, for a show. And I, luckily, one of our listeners... Uh, Miss Doom, you mean our unofficial young boy, Miss Doom? <laughs> yeah, okay, yep, it's fair. Okay, um, uh, yeah, well, you've already you're tomorrow. trying to give her that many gimmicks at this point, you're trying to give gimmicks, so she's got to go through the process, but nonetheless, yes, I, I warn you against Red's bathhouse, Miss Doom. <laughs> yes, do not do not engage. Uh, uh, nonetheless, she wrote a uh. A very extensive report, which I have to editorialize here for the sake of brevity. And that's, uh, it's really great. I'll, we'll find a way to do something. Hopefully she tweets out her thoughts on Twitter. I highly recommend that she does. They're very engaging. Um, there's some really fun stuff here. So everyone, I'll, I'll make sure everyone knows. This is a big spoiler alert because this stuff's being taped. So it's going to be making air over the next two to three months, probably two months. But it's important to sort of get an idea of where I'm more interested in the story the sort of the feel that people had at these shows. Uh, so a couple of matches I just want to get your thoughts on in terms of uh, what we think, I think a more broad base is in terms of what we think the sort of strategy and what this is sort of leading to, because obviously this is, this is New Japan Strong is a one hour weekly show they produce in the States and they showed up on New Japan World. And I'm assuming their long-term goal is to try to get some sort of TV distribution for this. Um, it's kind of like a bit of a super indie at this point. It's kind of nice that they got these like indie guys that are coming across, but they have matches like uh, this one, for instance, uh, Dax Harwood versus Rocky Romero. Wow. Mm. Yeah, so Dax just turns up uh, to work. Hello. Yeah, to work New Japan strong. Um, from the sounds of it, obviously, uh, Miss Doom said that Uncle Dax was over big time, which is. Yeah. I, I mean, he is trying to become. <laughs> be voted wrestler of the year so yeah he's gonna be taking a few more single matches this year i would imagine yeah so it's like and wrestling rocky is always an interesting um thing because it's like obviously what rocky's role is in new japan is sort of the um he's basically the new tiger tory he's like the guy that's going to connect people up for the westerners to get into new japan and what they're going to do so often when he wrestles guys it's to sort of sense what they can do and where they can go oh does that mean ftr might one day well, they're the, they're the IWGP tag champs, so I'd hope they're going to turn up in New Japan. Mm. They better. Tag <laughs> league. Know. Yeah, maybe. Maybe they'll tag league or maybe they'll do a bucks and just not do the tag league and then turn up and say, well, we're the champs, so we'll meet you at Wrestle Kingdom. I can see that yeah. happening too with no. Aussie Open winning. Probably they have to defend the title before Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah, yeah but I'll probably do that in the, in the States, I'd imagine. There's another match I thought was interesting. So obviously there's a big, um, big talk was that Shooter turned up 
apparently shooter looks amazing. Um, well, we all knew that. But yeah, physically, he looks amazing. I've got well, a photo here, and he looks in ridiculously. He looks in tip-top shape. And Miss Doom then follows that up with five more pages of just, no, he looks really, really good. No, there's a person that she dedicates a lot of time to talking about. And uh, <laughs> we, might, we, might be able to, we might be able to play matchmaker here because it's possible. This man lives in Brisbane, so there's an opportunity. There's, there's, there's potential. Uh, yeah, so there's some, there's some really solid matches. She talks about how over certain acts are, how Shooter is one of the most over people in, on the roster. Um, obviously, she... she a woman by her own heart. She shits on TJP. It's great. It's <laughs> tremendous. Did we just become best friends? I think yeah. I think that's that's the key. That's like our <laughs> that's our love language, just so she knows. That's clearly our love language. Um talked about how good uh so JD Drake and Anthony Henry, the work horsemen, they've done a bit of stuff on AW as well. They wrestled Kashida and Ren Narita, and that was a very good match, apparently. So for people that are looking forward to uh, when that one comes up on strong to, to keep look at it, Eddie Kingston was very much over. He wrestled Jake something. Oh, really? Um, oh, yeah. Awesome. So Jake something's working New Japan strong now. Yeah, I um, that. I love Jake something. He's awesome. yeah, me too. Yeah. So they had a uh, a fairly. He's been a boy for a long time of ours. Uh, and then there was uh, the finals for the New Japan Strong Tag Team Championships. Uh, so spoiler alert for this, but the final was Yuya Uramura and Christopher Daniels versus Aussie Open. Now, the story of this obviously is how good Yuya looks. Yuya's finally got new gear. He's got a, he's like he's out of his young boy Ooh. pants and he's got Ooh. he's got a stripe. He has a stripe on his pants and he's wearing the white boots, the Luger white boots. Um, yeah. and he's got the mullet, which is just glorious, beyond glorious. Um, he is going to be such a big star it's not funny i think he's going to have the biggest of he's the biggest of the guys on excursion i think he's going to have the biggest impact coming back I love Who's you. That? he was awesome you're yeah. he was the, the young boy that always went after suzuki yeah, yeah 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 um he and now he just looks apparently from people that knew that remembered fujinami as a young man apparently he is a dead ringer so uh and he just he just he's just a cool looking dude and he's fun he seems like a fun guy um, and so they wrestled Aussie Open. Spoiler alert: uh, Aussie Open won. So Aussie Open are the inaugural strong tag champs, uh, which is great. I'm very pleased to see Aussie Open get this platform because they are, you know, they're in the very tippy top of best tag teams in, in the world. So this will be a great chance for them to show that out. Um, you about the yeah, you can. You, you know, I think I think people <laughs> um, outside of that don't. Don't Why would you name problem. yourself after a fucking tennis tournament? They that's didn't sad. know they were going to get this big. And then it yeah. just kind of took yeah. off like yeah. the beige wave. That's the problem. That's the problem. You never have a shit gimmick because then you might get stuck yeah. with it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um, and Miss Doom said the only issue she said was great. She was screaming her head off. The only issue she said was that, uh, that neither Fletcher nor Davis responded when she declared her love for them. Uh, but she did say, hope Mark Davis is having a good day wherever he is. And uh, having a happy lunch. Uh, yeah, Mark Davis, uh, Brisbane's own Mark Davis. So we'll, we'll hunt down Mark Davis. We'll go find him uh, for a happy lunch ourselves. And the main event, due to injury, uh, you know, Clark Connors, unfortunately, was out with injury. He's got a herniated disc in his back. Uh, so he's out, for, he's out for a bit. That's not, that's not fun. I've been there. That is not a 
That is not good. But as a result, they replaced him in a three-way match with Blake Christian, who's a, a you know super indie guy from GCW, and he wrestled Hiromu and Despi in a triple threat, and apparently it was bananas. Oh, that would match was crazy, just crazy. The good thing, the big takeaway, I think, from Miss Miss Doom, I wanted to sort of get across here to make clear is she was sort of saying how much fun the show was as sort of a how much people had great time how there was like a real good good feel for the place and people were all sort of in sync in terms of their you know people popping for the same people people cheering for the same thing matching chance all that sort of stuff being a real community she's noted that there were only there's only two tables of merch they didn't have a lot of stuff but she got herself a despy towel so officially yeah i mean look seriously i have that miss doom can you please send that over what you, you, she buys her first bit of merch at the show and you're like, please give it to me. Yes. Uh, that's not how we're not, we're not one of those podcasts. We're going to have an Amazon wish list whilst we're talking. Uh, but, no, you enjoy that, Miss Doom. You enjoy that towel. Yes, that's great. What just impeccable taste. Um, she said she has no voice anymore, but it was totally worth it. So I was really, it's really heartening to see that this sort of strategy, and I, I really like what New Japan has done in America. They have essentially been going over to sort of win over crowds one room at a time rather than try and have this big, like, like your Umura has been wrestling indies all around um, the West Coast and they're sending their guys to places where they can sort of grow this organic fan base of people that, that, that see these guys or know these things or have these small Umura. shows where they go. Yeah. More of a grassroots sort of approach. A full grassroots long-term strategy here, long-term play. And so Grady Colson is not very big, um, but uh, Miss Doom had noticed that she says like Corican, where it's really on top of you're sitting there, you're around it. And I like that thinking, or it's not trying to, they're not trying to go and make a big sort of song and dance about it. They're just trying to embed themselves in markets where people and relating and they bring in local talent that are from that market to work the shows and just creating a bit more of a uh, a connection, I think, with those crowds where they're, they're, it's a more intimate setting where you're able to relate, you know, do the meet and greet, all that sort of stuff. Where it's like an indie show, but it's New Japan talent. Like, can you imagine going and seeing Hiromu in a place that holds like 300 people? And you you can say, well, I saw Hiromu. I was this close. Like, Miss Doom had like second row tickets. It's got an awesome view. And you're seeing some of the best wrestling on the planet. Yeah, um, well, it's like when we saw... Um... Well, he didn't wrestle because he was injured, but Cody was at uh, Ferntree Gully. Yeah. So there you go, yeah. bud. You know. But yeah, we got to see some some good talent in a small show, so that's awesome. But even when New happen. Japan came, it's like Evil and Sonata just out there hanging out selling their T-shirts. Like, I like that kind of... Yeah. I like that kind of presentation as opposed to the more polished presentation, although it's cool. And everything they sort of it feels more organic when the guys are coming out after their show they bring out their merch they do their thing like i like i like that idea still my biggest regret not walking up there and oh man they're too handsome sonata was too fucking I handsome know, but evil i just i don't know man just i still think about to this day of not walking up to that table waiting in line well sonata looked at us so <laughs> I looked, he looked directly oh, at me and yeah, i I think we all blushed simultaneously. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was, it's like, it's real. That is, he's incredibly good looking. There's no, there's no getting away from it. He, he, was, he was glowing. Like, I swear he was glowing. Yeah. He had an aura around him. Oh, he did. And there wasn't a line though, Red. That's the thing. There wasn't a line. He was just standing there. I, I know. At his table. I didn't, I didn't go up. 
And I still no, regret it to this day. Yeah. And I, did, I didn't touch Tanahashi. I was yeah. so close and I could have touched him. Yeah, you could have done that. I, I was close to Tama Tonga, but that was about it. I didn't, I didn't reach out for Tama. I didn't trust reaching out for Tama at that time. I wasn't <laughs> sure what would come back at me. Uh, but yeah, I like that type of thing where you have those style matches. And I think that you make, you and you create from Miss Doom's extensive report. I hope, as I said, I hope she tweets out some of this stuff. Um, it's clear that the show was a lot of fun. It's not, you're not going to a Tokyo Dome. It's not, you're not going to a forbidden door. You're going to see the wrestlers you, you like, like getting to see El Desperado, you know, in, in person, in that setting, up close, up close, and Hiromu. of course, and Hiromu and Daryl. He brought Daryl. Um, it's to me that's the type of presentation I think ultimately really connects people. That I like New Japan's strategy. People will criticize them for wrestling in these sort of these not selling out these big arenas. They're not going to sell out big arenas in America. That's they're just not 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 unless they're presenting a mega card. And then what's the point of bringing all you guys away from Japan to put on mega cards elsewhere? Like it doesn't make sense for their home business but i will tell you now you look at how overshooter is and you look at what i will guarantee it uemura will be known everywhere like everyone that knows wrestling knows uemura if they're a hardcore fan they've either seen him at west coast pro or they've seen him at blood sport or they've seen like he's been everywhere and mm. that's i just like the strategy they're not here to take over america they're here to they're here to win every room they're in that's their that's their job if they win the room because they're so good, they're so talented, then Work they've done their out. they've done their thing, and people will remember. And when they come back, and your is up top on headlining a show, people will go because they're like, oh, I remember when I saw him when he was just a young boy. Like they're they're opening up that engagement personally. Like you can actually see a young guy on excursion personally in a small context. Like there are people that talk about seeing Jay White as a young boy in Ring of Honor, like that saw him wrestling in front of hundred people. Hmm. That's that, that draws strong connection, stronger than you can imagine in terms of the loyalty people have to a brand, a character or a promotion, because it's like, well, they were there with me when I was in this little danky bingo hall, you know, we got to see him wrestle slack, 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 slack. <laughs> yes, we did. But he was, he was young. Jay, he was young switchblade then very young yeah. switchblade in a bingo hall. Well, I mean, <laughs> but don't. Festival has got a how many? How many bingo halls the Beatles play? I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> Just wanted to put a shout out to Miss Doom. It's great to have reporters out in the field. Mm. Reporters out in the field. We're not paying you. No. <laughs> yeah, we're not paying. We're not paying anyone. No one's getting that's paid. Why, that's why, Miss Doom, you are officially our first young boy. You know, you're just gonna have to yeah. tough it out for a couple of years on excursion and. Then you can come back and you'll get some gimmick. Red will give you a gimmick. Don't worry. Uh, I thought of a gimmick while we are talking about her. Actually, when she was talking about saying hello to those guys, I thought her her nickname could be the Southern Thirst, Miss Doom. <laughs> yeah, it could, it could. It could do that. Uh, Let us know if you like that, Miss Doom. And now, Subway, delivered by Uber, presents... The Stiff One 2022. Well, 
just sounds like the perfect time for a sexy intro. Because <laughs> this is the perfect place. We are the perfect place. Because what's happening right now is what's good in wrestling, baby, and business is booming. Yeah. Just when you thought we were done, it's time for fun. All of American wrestling is going to hell in a snake pit. But do you know what is legit? NJPW. What's that spell? New Japan World. <laughs> I wish people could see the creepiness on your yeah. face. At the moment. I also like how you sign off. Sinister and like somewhat perverted. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. New J- I like how NJPW stands for New Japan World. Just, this is the side. <laughs> I think you're missing something there. Miss drop the P and. I think people have established that I don't put much thought into my intros. I just yeah. kind of start flapping yeah, the gums. Just, and just go. Because it is the G1, ladies and gentlemen. It is the most fun thing in the world. It is like Christmas in July. And every single night that it's on, we get little tiny presents, nuggets. It's all like we don't get any coal. But guess what? We've got the next best thing. because We, we get some coal. Night three has some coal. <laughs> <laughs> just, just don't, don't get people's hopes up. Night three was all coal. This it was a, nuggets. This is an interactive intro, is it? Yes. But I'm not allowed to talk now. It's an interactive podcast. It's not a transactional thing. We're all inclusive here, unlike the Manly Sea Eagles, because it is time <laughs> That's for That's an incredibly <laughs> specific reference. That is ah. got... <laughs> oh, wonderful, Red. <laughs> you've, you've now narrowed it down. For this all you rugby fans out there, yes. Please follow us. We work stiff. That's that. We work stiff. <laughs> yeah. uh, and uh, post all your questions about Red's comment to Josh. And we work stiff. <laughs> yes, thank you. He <laughs> will explain everything that's going on. Yeah. Because we are, we work stiff. Ah. Awesome. My name is the Ravishing Red Rude. I am joined over yonder by the Tokemore pimp himself, Dr. Dave Pruden. Hey. And as always, making the magic happen, his name is the Chocolate Mouse himself, the Subway Salad Eating Man, Julius Josh Crichton. Thank you. <laughs> I, I, I wish you brought King of Dorks back because I, I have I see T-shirt potential to translate King of Sports into King of Dorks. The King it, of Dork style. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, this man watches a lot of hentai. That's just patently false. Let's get this show on the road. Um, do we have any questions? We do, Red. We do. <laughs> They've come into us at Twitter via Twitter at We Work Stiff. We Work Stiff on Twitter. Uh, after last week, in full disclosure, Dave was very upset with me for not receiving, not getting questions. He's like, you know, we might want to get questions along the thing. I was like, yes, Dave, I know. I, I'm sorry, I had a tweet blow up deluxe and I had to try to manage expectations to try to organize things. And I and, forgot, I forgot and, to ask about questions. And then you left out how I was upset that we had no questions from people named Dave. Yes. Oh, this is a tremendous handle. And just, you want to go straight to my heart. This is how you do it. Uh, Dave, this is a question from Dave Howard at Howard the oh, Dave. <laughs> that's brilliant. Yes. Um, uh, if only it was how odd the day for Yes, I know. This, that's a, you want to talk about a complete a reference <laughs> no one's going to get. Dave is going back to podcasts of Christmas past. Nonetheless, he Dave asks, great, it's great, it's great to have another Dave on here. 
I'm sure this Dave doesn't, you know, get at me for not getting questions, right? Is that how it's going to be? This is my new Dave. I'm adopting a Dave, Dave. <laughs> this is a Dr. Dave day. And yeah, I'm adopting Dave. Dave, Dave, Dave in the next 30 <laughs> I'm getting Dave over, bud. <laughs> I'm getting that shit over. Uh, you put, you have at Howard the Dave. You're going straight to my heart. Because I unironically love that film. So nonetheless, Dave asks, what's been your favorite undercard and favorite tournament match thus far? So Red, you'd like to kick us off. Favorite undercard match, and let's let's uh, let's for spoiler free. Let's give us a, a spoiler free recommendation for a tournament match as well. So let's keep this spoiler free and, and do kill two birds with one stone. Um, undercard stuff has been great. The tag matches, you really forget just how great it is to see these guys in their dynamic and their chemistry and. The comedy for a lot of the tag matches, there's been a lot of comedy, which has been great to see. Um, look, I'm going to have to go with the Filthy Tom Lawler match, the very, very, very first match that kicked off all of it. Um, it's simply because that's kind of where my boydom for uh, Filthy came. And since then, I've just sort of been eyeballing him every single tag undercard match he does. So, you know, look, I mean, honestly... Essentially. It's consensually, yeah. It's been, yeah. to be honest, um, uh, Dr. Howard, it's been really <laughs> difficult to... Um, it's all, all the undercards have been my favourite, but in, in, in terms of like a, a match... Uh, well, you were raving about it, Red. You were, as soon as you saw that, you were like, uh, this is great. Loved him. And I've loved, I've loved him ever since. Like, you know, it's... it's that that match right there was really cool to see. So yeah, that match. But I mean, in terms of like you know a tournament match thus far that has really got me, you're gonna have to wait because I'm gonna talk about it in a different. Excellent, segment. excellent, excellent. We will get to it. Great mm. stuff, Red. Uh, anything stand out to you, Dave? Anything undercard matches? Uh, undercard. I really liked the one that had um, Yano and Okada just because it was Yano being a bit serious and, I don't know, almost almost showing that he's a threat. Yeah, almost. And, uh, yeah, I like, I like the, um, the, the chemistry there between the two of them with, with little pissed-off Yano. But, um, it set up the next yeah. day well too, didn't it? Yeah. You know, which is what the function okay. of these, uh, these undercard matches are. Um, I... I'll, I'll leave your favorites for, for later discussion, but I, uh, what I like about undercards obviously is you know, they serve two functions. One, obviously previewing uh, matches for the next day or the coming days. Two, they, this year in particular with the four blocks, they give us opportunities to see guys interact that will not interact in the tournament. Like the Jonas Shingo interactions that we saw um, that sort of hint of there's something there. Obviously, the bowler connection that's kind of cool, and then the potential for matchups in the future. And then the third function is propelling long-term stories through the course of the G1 that may not arise, but uh, that are clear something's happening. And that's why I liked. I'm not exactly sure of who it was against. I'm trying to remember, but it was the Kenta and Jay uh, team in the sixth man where Kenta accidentally kicked Jay twice in the head 
and, yeah, and there was um dissent yeah, between Blue and they, they, had, they had miscommunication from the very beginning the moment that jay walked out Kenta was standing on jay's in jay's corner and Kent, jay had to move him away to stand there they then had the the issues as they went through and then obviously i had some words at the end of it and and got in each other's way um the miscommunications the breakdowns there i think that was really telling mm. and fits in with the story that's being told throughout this uh g1 around the bullet club and the the little machinations around their relation interactions and relationships. And that's why, you know, you watch the undercard tags. It gives you now granted a lot of people are time poor and they don't, you know, they don't have the time to watch everything. That's fine. But if you get to watch undercard tags and if you look at what's happening, nothing is by accident. And there's rewarding little nuggets in there to, to keep an eye on either in the short term, the medium term or the, or the very long term. But there are things that are happening that, that give us a hint or an insight into what's possible and I think that the relationship between Kenta and, and Jay is is there's there's signs of dissension there. There's a bit of smellness, and I love a bit of smellness um, in the in the uh, in the openers. It's also um, I find them great for. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say I find them great for potential boy watching. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Because uh, you get to see uh, the young boys in action as well um, in some featured tags with with guys. And I always like seeing that because you get to see the future and sort of potentially pick who's going to be in G1s in the draft down yes. the line. And and for them, what an op- like the opportunity because they wrestle so many diverse they top get, guys. They get eyes on them as well because lots of people are watching the G1. Yeah. So. And the opportunity yeah. they get, like they don't often wrestle back-to-back nights against guys like Okada and then guys like Naito. They just jump around the tournament wrestling the best of the best. So it's a really, it's, it feels like it's a, a bit of a crash course for those guys too. So yeah, I, I'm with you there. Obviously the results yeah. are about as predictable as it comes. There's always oh, yeah, a pin eater, but, but, a pin eater but, in every team. They, for sure. But they get like this one, this, from what I've seen, they seem to get some like really good, strong offense in. I mean, I was watching one of the matches and Kent is so good with like the young boys. He sort of, <laughs> he just lets them go as hard as they can against, against him. Against him and Fujita. Yeah, him and Fujita was cool. I was like, yeah. oh, that's, that's like, I want to see a match between those two. They yeah, just where Fujita just gets destroyed for 12 minutes. Yeah. yeah. And he fights but back. One, yeah, day, one day he won't, you know. Exactly. Yeah. Just turn 20, Fujita. And you never know. Like you never know in this circumstance. Like it happened with Shooter and um, with Mo- and Moxley. There's, you know, you never know when yep. a young boy is going to get adopted by someone just through some sort of freak occurrence. You know. Yeah, yeah. And well, that was that was clearly by design. You know. Yeah. They they paired them up from the get go. I think no one expected it to not to take the extent. Off the way. No. To that extent, though, you no. Know. Once the penny dropper was introduced, yeah, it pretty clear. <laughs> it's all over. Yeah, it was done, and you are now Mox's child. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah exactly. And that was during a G one, like that was at the beginning of the G one, and then he then he seconded him for the entire G one, and it was such a cool story. Um, and that was all played out in the undercard. So yeah, I, I I'm I think uh, Howard the Dave is is right in in putting a bit of shine on those undercards and forcing us to sort of talk to those i think that's it's something that is definitely uh, uh worth a bit of discussion for sure not to be forgotten and because they, i mean sometimes it's not necessarily even about the wrestling that goes on in the undercards it's just interactions between guys 
like you said, you know, Shingo and Jonah, this stuff just happens and you Kenta and uh, oh, Tom Lawler. Something going on. Yeah, yeah. It was like, oh, yeah. Give just, me that. Just, just building anticipation for their match tomorrow. Well, like building it. Well, some guys build anticipation for tomorrow, but Kenta and Tom Lawler are in different blocks. And that's, they're building anticipation for a match that you didn't know Definitely. you wanted until you saw it. So yeah, you yeah. see him like, oh, they, that works. That's great. Mm. Um, so, yes. I mean, sometimes I think it takes a bit of shine off. Like, I know Finley and, and Juice are going to be resting. And I was like, I would have loved for the first real confrontation to happen in a singles and just not touch it. Mm. Um, but it helps propel the story. And I get what they're doing. I understand. Well, and also, as a result of that, you get uh, the Juice promo after that too, which was, <laughs> fucking... which was, which was molten. <laughs> yes. 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 Uh, poor Finley's testicles. I don't, need to, I don't need to know about fit Finley's balls, but Juice wanted to explain to everyone how the reproductive system works. So that was great. Um, yeah, it was, it was good. He, he, he definitely, we asked for him last week to turn, a, we wanted to see his, his heel promos. Also, he, uh, speaking of um, uh, after match promos, the, <laughs> the Kenta one where he's like, oh, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't promote my book. And then amazing. he gets up and he knocks into the chick carrying his book. And then he's like, oh, you're holding my book coming out on July 26. <laughs> and like everyone's laughing. It was just fucking he, brilliant. Yeah, he cracked every, all the production team are cracking. He's like, of course, I don't have it here. I don't have it there. It's not, it's nowhere to be seen. After after a very yeah. serious promo that he's discussing, and then he just says, yeah. you know, one last thing. Well, to be fair, it wasn't the most serious. He was talking about two different sticks. So I don't know, like he spent the entire time talking about sticks. So oh, he's great. Also, just a side note, that that book has is the number one selling uh, mixed martial arts and wrestling book in Japan at the moment. So he's obviously doing a great job self-promoting the, yeah. the pre-orders are through the roof. Uh yeah, gotta watch those. Uh, same as you have to watch if you if you want to if you want to get the full experience. You watch the undercards. You have gotta watch those post match comments. They're great. And this is a very important question that I think needs to be stated. Uh, who will get shouted out first? Me again or us finally? That is from at cheeky Jack Jacqueline on Twitter. Now Jacqueline gets this. This is in reference to Kevin Kelly on commentary. Who, if you listen, he'll he'll shout out people from Twitter. Uh, he often shouts out. Uh, Jackie or Jacqueline and Ch- uh, Cheeky Jack and I've been I've been it's I've made it my mission now I and I want anyone that's listening let's let's do this people we we got to get Kevin Kelly to say we work stiff or at least oh. something some way to say stiff on air I just want the man he, he's already doing an Australian no, he, accent he said he said stiff it's got to be it's got to be we work stiff yeah, yeah it's got to be we work stiff of yeah, course. It has to be yes. or, or maybe he can say something like just when you thought they were done. I don't, don't push it. <laughs> don't push it. It's time for fun. Yes. Uh, uh, this is the WeWorks. Uh, this is the G1. Yes. <laughs> if, he, uh, if he something happens like at the end of the show and it's like, all right, guys, that's us from Kurikan. Happy lunch and say hi to your mum. Yeah. Well, <laughs> then I'll sue. Uh, but nonetheless, I do think that. Uh, I, I do believe that there's a possibility like all of all of our Twitter friends are getting are getting shout outs and uh, I, I made a I made a declaration will we get will Kevin Kelly say we work stiff on air or will I get followed by the Super J cast which will come first it's a great battle I believe I've got better chance of Kevin Kelly fucking putting me over on fucking national or international television than I have of Joel 
hitting that follow button just out of spite. The man is, the, well, I don't know what he's doing. What are you doing, Joel? Uh, what nonetheless, what have you said that's offended him so much? I think it's my my sheer existence. I believe that that's probably. <laughs> a, I think that might. I don't think. I don't think he's happy about having me around, spoiling all of his Discord. Did you want me to message him, Josh? Dry July's yeah. ending soon. It's fine. No, we. I, we're actually. It's. It's actually, ready to slip into some DMs. Yeah, coming, I don't. I don't days. wish that fate upon the poor man. Um, <laughs> no, we. We're great. That's the thing. It's it's a running. Just so people know, if anyone's listening to this, that's concerned because I've seen people try to like jump in and like a, it's it's a it's a thing. It's like a gimmick. It's all fine. Like we're actually. It's not a It's it's a running gag. It's a because he is like you're, you're getting yourself into a work shoot, aren't you, Josh? What's going I am. on here? Well, he's got he's got yeah. that British. He's got that. He's got the driest sensibility. So it's like us two going back and forth with dry humor is like people cannot. It's sandpaper to like people are like what is happening here? It's like uh, they, I don't think people pick up on the tone. So nonetheless, uh, but I that is our mission. That's that's our new goal. We've made it to a thousand follows. That was a great outcome for Twitter. Our next goal is acknowledge us, Kevin Kelly. Mm. Is um, Kevin Kelly giving a shout out to someone on Twitter a bit like on Saturday Disney when they used to display the children's pictures? That's much better than that, Red. This is bigger than this, Red. This is this is that process. That's you can submit for that, Red. This is not this is not something that there is a way to go about. There's no there's this is like alchemy to achieve this. I'm thing. not gonna lie. If Kevin Kelly says our show, I'm going to lose my shit. Yes, and I'm I'm going to work to make it happen. So, cheeky Jack, I've been taking notes. It's going to be our it's our mission. So we just so we know on Twitter that is our mission. If Chris okay. Charlton accidentally says token wall pimp instead of tokyo <laughs> pimp my head yeah. might explode <laughs> <laughs> yeah this is the key this is the key for us is just to get our shit in we just want to get our shit in because it's about community right new japan pro wrestling western audience is a is a like a small niche community we all know roughly like most people know people in this space so kevin kelly's talking about people that are always active on twitter always engaging like Yes, he, you know, I, I'm not going to go to the length of doing a Chris Samsa. I'm not getting, I'm not doing the fucking Sabre metrics to get our name on there. I'm not going to provide him with fucking stats. Samsa does a great job. That's his thing. But like, you just want recognition. Mate. I just want to be acknowledged for, <laughs> for my existence. Right. And it's not I was here come during from, the pandemic. God it's damn it. right. And, and, and fucking the Super J cast will not acknowledge us. You know, I got threatened with a blockage this week. I got threatened to be blocked. So this is not this is will not stand. It's if I'm not going to be getting the shout out from the you know esteemed podcast, us are the outsiders here. I'm not going to get a shout out by the esteemed podcast. I'm going to the actual official fucking channels. Acknowledge us, Kevin. Well, I mean, keep eating food from Byron Bay, and you'll have more blockages. Yes, thank you, thank you, Red. Well, I mean, talking about getting our shit in, it's time to go back to our favorite segment of hitting yeah. the ropes. Hitting the ropes is the brand new segment I've just decided to call it, where we address the same three questions every single week from the G1. So, boys, would you like to hit the ropes? There are. Nice. Look at you. Red's level of toilet humor there. I don't know. It needs to be. We need to stop and appreciate it because that yeah. was all. That was multi, multi layered. <laughs> that was layered. <laughs> and if one man knows about a layered toilet. <laughs> uh, 
Do you want me to tell my Vietnam poo story? No, no. <laughs> we do not want that. I want people to try to imagine what that story is. Asian uh, countries and uh, Australian bums. They just. Uh, <laughs> well, we are. We're, we are hitting the ropes right now and we are <laughs> back to hitting the ropes and uh <laughs> yes so this is the segment <laughs> it's a good yeah. time red's and got a name it. for it it's great hitting the ropes yeah. because we asked the same three questions and you said get the shit in and i'm like all right well i'm just gonna create this three questions we do every week as a segment hitting the i ropes. love it red excellent do you want to kick us off red what is what is the first well rope we're hitting true, rope one in, yeah, yeah, rope one. Is it top yeah, rope? Never, yeah, then we get the top rope. Bottom rope? The bottom uh, rope. Yeah, so yeah, just like the young lines we are, we're starting off at the first rope. And the thing for both of all three of us, who is the most impressive boy thus far in this G1? My most impressive boy is Tai Chi. Oh, <laughs> what a boy. He wrestled twice this week. Well, he's wrestled twice so far. And I loved the match against Sonata. So good. The peck peck popping. (laughs) It was it's wonderful stuff. I tried to, I didn't know how to do a quote tweet or a tweet thing about it or with a gif or whatever. But I was like trying to come up with a tweet for it. It was like an audition for the new Bloodsport Boss remake with the peck popping. Bolo, Bolo, Bolo Yang. Was that his name from Bloodsport? The OG of Bloodsport? Yeah, yeah. Anyway. I don't know his name, um, was, but I know who the guy is. Follow Yang, I'm pretty sure. Um, anyway, I love Tai Chi. And uh, what I really like about that match was at the end, I, I watched the um, uh, the post-match press yeah. conference and Tai Chi with a bit of smellness, mm-hmm. um, uh, acknowledging that it was he wasn't able to beat Sonata, but... Um, He's like, what are you doing with LIJ uh, being their mid-carder? Uh, I have a place for you. I'm like, oh, Tachi Gun going to recruit Sonata. I'm like, that'd be fun. That'd be interesting. Because they, what have they got? They got similar background or something. Or they're or like Japan. boys. Then Sonata come out and said like, oh, yeah, he's, bro. he's my boy or he's my bro. Called him bro. Huh? Yeah. I was like, ah, that was cool. And I just like the chemistry between the two of them. Oh, great chemistry. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Tai Chi's two for two. He's, um, I mean, we've been we've been singing it like we've been telling people anyone that wants to listen that Tai Chi's good. Like yeah. anyone that anyone that says to you that oh New Japan, I watch New Japan. Oh yeah, and you say Tai Chi, and they go oh Tai Chi's oh yeah Tai Chi's no good or Tai Chi's shit or whatever. They have not been watching for three years. Like I, you, it's an easy way to tell because. They haven't watched since, but at least well before 2019, because Tai Chi's ascent has been noticeable. But he is—he's legitimately one of the best wrestlers on the planet right now. He's—he's ki- yeah. he's, he's killing it. Every there's not one part of the game that he doesn't got. Mm. You know, yeah. And he takes his pants off. What does is everything. his YouTube channel? Yeah. He's a YouTuber. Does he have it? Like, what is his YouTube channel? Because I was like looking up Tai Chi and I wasn't having much success. You is it only like on YouTube, YouTube Japan or something? No, no, you can find it. It's out there, but it's yeah. just because it's you have to search. It's not written in English. So to find it's a challenge, but he promotes oh, it on okay. his Twitter. Okay. Um, right. He's always got, he does lots of live streams. Like, he yeah, does well, live he was always and... talking about, I'm going to have the trophy on the live stream. And yeah. yeah. Yeah, so you have to find when when he like he always says hit that button so that he get notifications when he's going live. 
because it could happen anytime with anyone. Uh, it's quite an unhinged experience. He'll do stuff that, you know, he's a, he's a different cat, old Tai Chi. But yes, Dave, that match with Sonata was, was every, they have tremendous chemistry. They rolled really well together. They moved well together. Um, Sonata again, sneaky, sneaky mm. good, having a sneaky good one. Um, but him with Tai Chi, they just got, he got something out, out of Sonata that we like, yeah, we got, he got something out different out of Sonata. And that's all we can ask for is yeah. can you get something different out of the guys you work with? He gets something different out of Ishii. He gets something different out of Sonata. That's a good sign for me that as a, mm. as a worker that you can, that there isn't a pattern match with a Tai Chi match, you know? I, I, while watching that match between the two of them, was thinking like, wow, these two could really lead New Japan or like, you know, just they could really have a long feud. Like, you know what I mean? And I'd sit back and enjoy every moment of that. Like I'd really enjoy to see that match again. You know what I, like, I mean? Yeah, I like what Dave said though, but I like the I like the smellness. I like Tai Chi Gun. I like Tai Chi building his own faction because he's he's basically transformed the faction he's currently in. Like they've become in his image. You know, like once once he got Doki in, and then they start like it's it's becoming and like more like him. And I like that. Like I really like I like the Suzuki Gun that Tai Chi has crafted. I think that they're more, in, they're more relatable, more engaging than I think. They, I think that, yeah, I think they were all Suzuki's lackeys before. Like they were yeah. Suzuki and his band of, you know, sort of misfits. And Zach was seen as the guy that was going to take his spot because Zach was the only one that was ever really presented as credible. Yeah. But these guys, now you go, every one of them's been stretched by <laughs> Suzuki. So they're all tough. You know, they're tough. But they're so they're they're a ragtag bunch, and you're right. A guy like Sonata, he would fit yeah, right in. Fit. Mm. Yeah, it'd be a great fit. And then let him express himself. I mean, maybe that's the way Sonata finally actually releases some of his like who he actually is. Is he has to be around his bro? Yeah. Well, he can be as weird and wacky as he wants to be because there's no one weirder and wackier than Taichi. No. Can you imagine the hairstyle that Sonata will rock? If he's getting full freedom to be weird, <laughs> good God! <laughs> Magda Doctor Zayas, like, what, yes. what would it be? Would it be How good is it? Yeah. Just by the way, Sonata tweeting out Doctor Zayas. I mean, seriously, it's it's, un, it's, <laughs> it's like on Instagram. If next week he tweets out Pixie. I'll be like, oh yeah, awesome. um, <laughs> he's yeah, a listener. He's yeah. he's great. He's a lot of fun. Um, I'm I yeah I'm with you, Dave. I, I think Tai Chi. I think you've got some guys that have been. Not like Tai Chi's not a surprise at this point, but it's just really, it's really lovely to see that you can trust that a Tai Chi match, no matter what, it's going to be good. You just know it's yeah, going to be good. Worth a watch. Yeah. Yeah. Impressive is, as you said before, impressive doesn't necessarily have to be, oh, they're having the best matches or they're doing, um, they're doing the best stuff. It can just be sort of the the little things. Like I could easily mention Tom Lawler and he hasn't wrestled. He hasn't had an actual yeah. G1 match, but he's been incredibly impressive in the undercards of like getting himself over and doing these sorts of things. So I had to actually think, I had to actually think, um, it's, could I have, could I be the first person to do my most impressive and person I need to see more of at the same person? Yes, uh, of course you can. You can okay. do whatever you like. There's no rules in this bitch. Excellent. Okay. We're combining these. We're combining this now. Um, I, the, in full disclosure, I haven't had many uh, guys work their matches yet. And, and the matches that they have had or the multiple matches they had have 
aren't something that you necessarily like Jeff Cobb. It's like, I'm not talk like Jeff Cobb was fine, but he had a match against Farley. I'm not here to have the discussion about the match against Farley. That's, that's good, but it's fine. So I, I want to explain what I found to be most impressive. The reason I like it. And I will talk about Tetsuya Naito. One, because I, he's one of my few guys that's wrestled two matches. Uh, but two, before this tournament, I said I was really interested to see how they were going to build the story around him and his flash pins. Yeah, and his like his roll ups, and in true play that game. <laughs> in, in true Naito fashion, he gets it done to him, yeah. and in a a brilliant twist of fate, the story is obviously the reason I think Naito has been impressive is because he's been able to sell a lot of people once more on the the belief that he is eliminated somehow, that he is yeah. no longer going to be doing this, and it's. The reason I'm impressed by him is his commitment to the bit. You can't deny his, he shit talked the fuck out of Tana. He talked about how Tana was like, he was talking about how Tana's not is out of shape and he's not the guy he used to be. He is building this whole thing of burying this guy and then happily then taking the loss to him, which only further buries Naito. Like you lost to the guy that you think is so shit. How bad are you going? The man lost to Goto. Nothing says I'm willing to commit to a bit like I will lose to Hiroki Goto. And it <laughs> establishes it pretty early where it's like, okay, like at one, I was like, yep, this is happening. I was like uh, on that night of all nights, like I was not feeling great after night three and to top, to top it off, uh, I was like, Naito lost. It was like, I just needed one saving grace on night three. Just just something. It was like, it was literally torturous. I believe that the lineup on night three of going, what did we what did we have? We went from a Udro match to a Farley match to a Chase match or something, a combination of those three. I believe that's tantamount to a war crime. And then we topped it off. I was like, with a Naito loss to Hiroki Goto. At that point, I was convinced. I was like, okay. We can't have nice things. I'm not allowed to be happy. This is the world I live in now. We're back. Thank Christ for night four. But nonetheless, I feel like Naito has been able to demonstrate to a whole new audience what it's like to be a Naito fan. And I think that's really impressive because I had someone on Twitter saying... He loves to punish his fans. Yeah, to punish. It's pain. (laughs) Yeah, like, and someone, a new fan said, "I'm new to Naito." I, I just because because <laughs> I, and I was like, "Just prepare for pain with fleeting yeah. moments of Don't joy." Do it to yourself. Don't <laughs> what do you. are you signing up for? <laughs> and it was that was where that meme just, came just from. Becoming a Carter fan, you'll be fine. You'll be you'll enjoy be life. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Naito, <laughs> you were signing up for torture, and and i and i loved it because that was where that tweet came from because someone i had said but he's still winning the g1 that's what i said i'm yeah, like yeah, yeah but he's still winning the g1 but this is what i love about it this is not to tap into the story component but I, whenever i talk about anybody or talk about it i'm always going to talk about the story but you know how we before the tournament we were like what a curious placement remember we were talking about night versus evil like how yeah. big that we thought but then we're like where is it and red's like oh it's somewhere in the middle it's like yeah it's his third match like, Would you like to know exactly where it is? It's on the 31st. I know where it is because it's his next yeah. his next matchup. Thank you, Red. But isn't it curious? We were like, that's a curious placement. Well, it's not curious anymore yeah. because we know now that it's basically it's a basically elimination match for yeah. Naito. And so can you imagine the drama that's going to be ramped up Ooh. for this upcoming match where Ooh, he's not easy great. taking on evil? 
That'll be the main event for that. And he's taking on the House of Torture with all their shenanigans and all this. Naito's going to have to overcome all of that with the threat of elimination. I'm telling you, there is going to be a level of heightened tension and stress in that building as as people legitimately freak out at every near fall. I, I I will have my Naito hat, my Naito shirt on. My Naito pants, my Naito boxes. Um, prepare, prepare to throw them all off the balcony. Yeah. Can you imagine? <laughs> Naito loses to evil. Can you imagine <laughs> if that happened? Because that would yeah. mean that that would mean that Tana would have to lose oh. four matches. That would mean it, like <laughs> it would be stunning if that were to happen. But that's that, that's in play. You never know. They might go super yeah, risky. Yeah. You never know. And and evil. Of and all evil. people to of do all it. all people, it's evil. I know. It's like they fucking write this shit. And, <laughs> and so we got to this point of like, that's to me is like, he has, he has got me again. Because we're here speculating. Like, we're here speculating about it could happen. It's like, it's they're not going to do it, but it could. But it could. And to me, that's a sign that this is, this is what this boy does. He does it to us every year. It's fucking torture. <laughs> it's life life is pain naito is pain but at the end of the day i i do want to see more out of him obviously i want and by more i mean some some wins that'd be lovely <laughs> but i do think i love the story they built they built the whole thing about him and his fucking roll-ups only to be counted by a, a small package and get done i thought just Oh, the ultimate indignation. He, he just it's like he finds new and exciting ways. He's a cuck. Like he he's like he loves <laughs> he just finds he just loves to be like just just surrender to the to the world and what is and the universe and be put on show in his own sort of indignation. The ace of the universe became became the ace's cuck. <laughs> yes. Yes. And many a man has done that, and many men will continue to do that. Yeah. Uh, willfully, willingly. Very good. Red. Wow. Uh, look, my most impressive boy so far. Ah, uh, shinnickety. Um, you know, uh, look, Zach Saber Jr. Uh, <laughs> he's probably he, he's probably <laughs> been uh, my most impressive guy, yep. just because he's had an absolute number of bangers. It was difficult because I wanted to say Sonata as well because Sonata to me has really grabbed me again. He's been but, good. But, you know, I just thought that, you know, this time around, I've taken Zach for the sheer simple reason that I've never had Zach on my team and I wanted to engage with him and watch more. And I still haven't seen Okan. So, you know, it's, yep. it's, it's, it's always difficult. So, yeah, so Zach really has brought that element of good matches, but they, they haven't all been Zach matches. They've been sort of a bit more like him taking more offense from guys, which is unusual for me to see, but... Also, too, a Zach match is a Zach match, and so I'm always going to enjoy but isn't it. it is it a little different, though, Red? Is it different since you last I, watched him? Yes. I was, I was just going to say, Red, on that point, um, the two guys that he's been up against, Kenta and Hanare, have both had, like, heavy striking games uh, mm. have been able to, I don't know, kind of uh, weave style into his style a lot more than, than usual. Which who's he got next? Because he doesn't wrestle for a while, does he? Do you know no. who he's got next? Um, so have a look. What I think that sets up for Zach is that he's sort of um, managed to get away with a couple of close wins where he was getting his ass kicked, 
So he's got points, but you know, he could potentially be a bit underdone going into the next one because he's been had the shit kicked out of him for two matches in a row. And then that can potentially if the guy that he's wrestling next, that maybe maybe they get a sneaky win over him because, you know, he's been he was done. It's interesting you say that too, Dave, because he was really favoring the cartilage of the ribs in the Hanare match. And then yep. Hanare came back and just kept putting him on his back, just kept powerful, like power bombing him on the, like onto his back all the time. And he was really selling that absolutely perfectly. But uh, you know, just the way that Zach Scott got his win over Hanare, uh, the match with Kenta, the match with Kenta was just fucking brilliant. If you you haven't seen him, Red, you haven't seen him since like since pre-pandemic, right? Yeah. I haven't seen him for, I'd say, two years. Yeah. So he was a heel back then. Yeah. A true heel, like a heel. So heels yeah. don't need to get sympathy. Yeah. And that's, and that's the whole thing that also it's with Tai Chi as well, to come back into this world. And it's like, what? <laughs> These guys are loved? Yeah. Well, like- the bravery they get from being able to take his, his, Zach's offense is I am willing to risk getting hit hard to yeah. try to get a limb. Yeah, that's a classic exactly grappler it. versus striker striker yeah. approach of like, I'm willing to stand in front of you in the event that I can catch a leg or I can catch an arm. Yeah. Um, and the bravery it takes to stand there with guys that can legitimately kick the shit out of him is something that presents him as a different commodity than just being a Zach. It's not enough. It can't be a true Zach match if you want to engage the audience in a underdog or fight story like. A classic wrestler, like a true shooter, like a wrestler or a grappler, typically stylistically, like if it was a shoot fight, are not the most aesthetically interesting sort of matches for the general audience. You know, like, you know, I'll get on top of you for 15 minutes. But as a heel, you, that that makes a lot of sense, right? You want to get people to hate you. You just ground a guy and you drown them slowly. And that's what Zach made his name on, being that guy that would take you to deep water. But now he's the guy that's, going to beat you in the kiddie pool like he's literally going to find a way to be there dodging fighting getting it around and catching you yeah. and using your aggression against you to and, that, and that's a transition of the character and it allows him to present himself still as the cocky bastard that's that knows everything because he's like i can beat you taking your best shot and that adds to his doesn't allow doesn't mean it changes character a lot but it just presents him differently in the way the audience perceive him so yeah, I, I'm. I think he. I think he's a huge favorite. His, his next match is Tanahashi, by the way. Um, mm. So, which typically is his job to take out Tana's niece. That's normally his role every year, is to take out Tana's niece. Now, I think how do you take out someone's knees if they've got no knees? Take out his Tana's physio. That's the key. I think because Zach wrestles Naito the last night, so yeah. I think it's pretty clear that that's going to come. Zach, the man that took Naito out of the tournament last year by ripping his knee off. Um, it pretty much sets it up for the great story there, doesn't it? Yeah. And it's going to be either Zach or Naito that makes it through. And I can legitimately say I could see it. I, I'm not. I'm not saying it's. I'm, I think Naito's still the pick, but I could legitimately see Zach getting out of C block mm. because everyone's like, well, what what would that mean? What if Osprey got out? And then you've got that rivalry of Osprey and Zach in a semifinal uh, on a night where you might have Jay and Okada. So Jay and Okada is going to draw the house, put the boys in there. Um, it, I could yeah. see Zach making it out. And I still think Naito is a favorite, but Zach's, Zach could do it. And nothing would test where the fans are at in relation to Zach than putting him yeah. in a basically a block yeah. final against Naito and seeing how the fans react. 
Yeah. Because I'll, I'll put money down. The fans get behind Zach. They just do. They like him. And he's never won a singles belt in New Japan. So for as good as he is, he's still yet to be crowned. Yeah, he deserves his cake. He's, um, he's the lovable darling. The vegan, vegan cake. It's a vegan, vegan cake. Yes. So- Appro- George Michael approved. It's great, oh. to hear, it's great to see that George Michael was back talking to Zach. That was really encouraging. Um, go for the Achilles. So George was apparently, George Michael was out hiking, I believe Zach said. He was out hiking, but he's back and now uh, powering Zach. And if Zach's talking to George Michael again, it's a very good chance he's winning because George helped him win the, the New Japan Cup. You mean George so, Michael, the, the musician who died? Yes. I watch. Just, I, was, yeah, I was thinking Michael Sarah's character and yeah. all development. No. <laughs> Watch the promos, people. Do your homework and watch the promos. He talks to George Michael. Uh, just to sort of like, you know, jump over the body on the ground and continue running the ropes. A gr- uh, tremendous reference, considering George Michael. <laughs> George Michael, the body? <laughs> hey, hey. So during the podcast, there are many times where I have a careless whisper. Um, it, the, the other reason I wanted to jump straight into like favorite story, Matt, yep. is just because you you went over it. We've gone over it in detail. My it, The way... I look at a G1 match and try and talk about it and stuff like that is, is if I was to show someone who had never seen it, this is how I always try and think, is this a match that I genuinely sit someone down and just show them and go, just watch this. Yep. And the reason why I was my favorite match thus far in the tournament is Goto versus Naito is because I went into it going, Stunning. I've seen this so many times. I have seen this match so many times. And so I think my expectations were lowered, but geez, I tell you what, the second that, you know, Naito's music hit, I was just like, yeah, we're back, baby. And then the second Godo's music hit, I was like, oh, it's Godo. But the thing is, though, is it's like Naito came out, did his thing. You know, I didn't Milk see boy. I didn't see Naito losing that. I thought it was an absolutely brilliant match from start to finish. The two of them have great chemistry. We know that. But the thing that I was so invested in, the reason why I liked this match so much was I honestly didn't expect to be where I was at by the end of the match. You know what I mean? I was tired. I was like... The crowd was, the crowd was with you, Red. The crowd was, went always, bananas. Yeah, like not tired in a bad way. Tired like... Drained. Oh, like, you were drained from the, the Goto's get up Goto. Yeah, so and also too, favourite story is Naito. He's not on my team, but... <laughs> It's yeah. <laughs> the story of Goto yeah. should be the real story, Red. I mean, story of well, that I mean, it works. That's the benefit of having a guy like Goto because Goto can beat anyone. Like he can just he can just beat he can beat anyone on his night. You know, Goto can get his thing. Yeah, but that I, I do think how much of your uh, enjoyment of that match was clouded by the the lead up to it. Like I, I mean, if I'm going to show you something, show you something wrestling for the first time. I'd get them very low. I'd lower their expectations. Like you've been, you can lower your expectations that night. And then Godo and Naito, for me, Godo and Naito couldn't save it. <laughs> that was, that was my story of that <laughs> night was watching these two try to save the show. And it was like, Oh, it's not going to, then it's not, I don't think they're going to save it, but some tremendous spots in there and an, an absolutely sickening, uh, the head drop thing that he did to Naito and the, the uh, Naito did to Godo. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Holy shit. Uh, but the fans, the fans want to cheer for those guys. Goto and uh, we'll get to, I'm sure, Yoshihashi. They want to cheer for those guys, and it's and they and Naito has been a bit of a shit as per usual, and it gives people an excuse to cheer for Goto for one night, you know. Yeah, and he can he can carry it. I mean, Goto proves every time he's in the ring that 
if you ever, you know, if you ever need someone, just, you know, I'm here, boys. I'm here. I'm just hanging around. It's like him and Ishi. It's just like, oh, we just need a banger. Can you just go out there and just do something? Can you work yeah, with I mean, Ishi's another level because of his selling. That's that's the thing that Ishii separates from everyone is that he he just yeah he can make he can he's the best at that. But Goto has that capacity to be able to put on a great match. Well, and um, not just that too. It's like you know I just forgot just the whole ninja gimmick and all that kind of stuff with Goto. But just that intensity that he can bring to a match. Yeah, and just you know the the his entire move set is just you know complete power fuck you well awesome. he's like a noble warrior red versus yeah. a shit of a fucking prick that's just out here taking the piss you're gonna fucking fight me on my terms mister get here mister you know take, take your clothes off come on yeah you don't you dare wrestle me wearing that shirt yeah like yeah i i think that's uh that's an interesting. It's so so the story. So I like you, you. You like the match, and you're looking forward to following Naito's story. Yeah, tremendous, <laughs> tremendous. But I, I would like to provide my favorite story match uh, now, and you can you can close us on the phone. I will, I will allow you to do so. Thank you, thank you, <laughs> thank you, Dave. I'm adopting another Dave. Dave you can't say um, can't say Naito's your favorite story because I've already said that. It isn't. My favorite story that occurred during a match is the uh, the slow but inevitable turn of El Fantasmo. It is my story that I am the most connected to, that I've invested the most, and the match that it is that I saw the most growth, the most potential out of was El Fantasmo versus Yujiro Takahashi. Yes, I'm about to talk about a Yujiro match. So this was a perfect example of the function of House of Torture, the relevance of House of Torture. Now, granted, granted, if you like work rate and good matches, they may not be the stable for you. However, they can serve a narrative function to help propel people in different directions, in particular, to showcase our territory babyface, El Fantasmo. Because in this match, the story of this match was Yudro turning into the Godfather and offering uh, Peter to El Fantasmo as payment for taking the loss. At which point, El Fantasmo has to consider this and agrees. Yes, that sounds like a tremendous proposal. I will do this. He then uh, gives Peter a lovely... Uh, kiss on the cheek and says that's great now i will lie down now you go up out there peter and i'll lie down Yudro thinks this is tremendous lies down on his back at which point elephant says fuck this i'm going to roll you up all right so he merely backs out on this thing then obvious that was an obvious direction but then the match begins and Yudro is taking most of it <laughs> so like an elp is selling like an absolute boss so he's taking he's making Yudro look good this will be the best match Yudro will probably have because ELP <laughs> was committed to making Yudro look semi-decent and not in and not in slow motion. And so what we ended up getting was this story being told of Yudro accidentally cheating. Like Yudro would kick out of a move and hit El Fantasma on the balls. And then as we built and built and built, it was like, are these guys going to actually just have an actual wrestling match? Like ELP wanted to shake hands and ELP wanted to do stuff to sort of show that the two are, you know, the boys and Yudro wasn't really having much of that. But as we go along, 
now we start to see that uh, they're starting to, Udrow is starting to cheat against him, including show coming out and the House of Torture actually going to cheat. Now, before this, I know we had a talk last week and I was of the opinion that I thought that Udrow would potentially beat ELP as a way to humble him. But in this match, what they essentially did was set it up so that ELP could overcome the odds. He like turned into like 89 Sting. And it was like the idea was like, oh, all these guys are coming out to fuck him over. But ELP in his in his in his sort of style and the way that he works was still going to find ways to not cheat, but to just bend the rules a little bit. So like he nipple, he did the, the titty twister on show to get try to nullify show. And then the wrench had been thrown in. And, and Udrow was about to use the wrench, but ELP was able to get the wrench out of it and figure it out. Instead of hitting Udrow with the wrench like a dirty heel, he threw the did the Eddie Guerrero spot, throws it to him, falls down. Oh, I've been hit. The ref sees it, doesn't DQ Udrow. These fucking New Japan refs and they're no non DQ. So then he has to turn, and then ELP's like, "Fuck, I got to do something. I'll punch him in the dick because I didn't get away." So he, he still brings the dick punch back, but then in a classic like like territory babyface he then just does a fucking runs wild does a tope suicida takes out show the crowd is like up for this this is the babyface overcoming all the odds he does all of this hits the thunder thunder kiss 86 wins the match and it goes through this whole classic it's a like i've just described what is essentially with a few little uh little twists and little uh flourishes a classic underdog babyface story and then at the end of it Peter goes home with him. And so he takes Peter with him now. Peter is now associated. And we don't know if it'll be the following story. I hope it is, but it could yeah, be. That, that's, that's played out throughout the rest of the G1. I And and Utero is in distraught. He's like yelling and screaming of like, oh, you have take, you can't do this. What is happening? And Peter is going to the back, at which time in the backstage comments, ELP makes clear, first asks about Peter about consent do you understand what consent means she said yes he said that's good and then he said do you think she asked the question what does elp mean at which point he whispered in her ear what elp means and says come on let's show you and then they about to head <laughs> off he said everything's looking up <laughs> he goes everything is looking up extremely large phallus yeah. yes extremely large phallus so he's he is now uh i think that that would be and as soon as that pairing happened and i saw it visually I said that is a hot baby face act. Like that is a that he would steal the the girl that has been sort of subjugated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Could you get more sting? Could you get more sting? Like yeah. he he overcome everything, and then he, and then he's taken. Then he's like, Mister, steal your girl. Like he was. That was the most territory baby face I have seen a presentation in a long time, and it's like it's happening lads it's happening elp is going face and just and i think that would be a a killer pairing i hope i hope upon hope that it's more than just one night <laughs> i hope i mean elp can take it that's good for him but i hope for it's a long-term thing that he could be paired up with peter because it's one it's about him taking something from house of torture so there's a little bit of tension there but it's yeah. also that pairing of like aesthetically it just looks right it's like yeah. the headbanger and the and the dancer of like this, this could really work. And that's the story I'm most excited. I could not believe I'm like, that's what I want to follow. I want to see that come up throughout the tournament. Cause he could have someone that could be a little bit push the edges around cheating with him. And 
I just think it's a yeah. I'm I'm really keen to see that progress. He's been my most. I just I've loved everything that El Fantasma has done this tournament. I have loved, and to see that extra little bit of flourish, I'm seeing all the pieces come together slowly, and it's really yeah. it's really encouraging. Also, I mean, he's already won the G1, <laughs> basically. Yeah, you can have your fucking trophy. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you got the greatest. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'd enter the G1 if I could win Peter. I think I think I think there'd be a long line if that was possible. But when you see it visually, it just looks right. You know, like sometimes you see a pairing, you go, that's they should do yeah. that, whether that's the story also, or not. It also makes sense. Like they I mean, Udro, other than the G1s, kind of getting phased out. And if they're gonna keep Peter around with a fun guy, he's gonna be around for a long time, you know. And she did a she did a recently did a signing. It was her, Mio Abe, oh, and Ishii. Nice. It was a live yeah. one. I tuned yeah, into it. a live signing at the venue. So it's clear that they're trying to like present these, you know, like the valets and, and it makes sense. It's like, okay, well, if, if Udro is not really a featured act, but we think ELP is going to be a featured act, let's do it. Let's, let's pair them up. And yeah. it's still Bullet Club. She can still be like, yeah, the whole gimmick's the same. It's just with a much, a much more over act. Mm. And doesn't, and fit doesn't, House of Torture and Peter doesn't fit. No. No, you know, so but her and the headbanger. Oh, my uh, my new favorite story Headboard is banger. <laughs> Dave with the line of the fucking century. Oh, <laughs> Dave, how many how many quotes are you getting? The titles will be seventy four fucking quotes long. Oh, uh, that's making it Twitter. How am I get it cancelled? <laughs> yeah, no, that's good. That, no, Dave. No, no, that's fine. That one's fine. That's fine. Nothing wrong okay. with that one. It's a <laughs> It's consensual. It's con- 100% is consensual. And and yeah. again, something I love about New Japan, that they've con- for some reason they've con- committed to this, they always demonstrate consent. Brilliant. Uh, well, I can't beat your uh, ELP rant. That was brilliant. Uh, I don't really have a story um, other than... Other than um, is Dave going to talk about a match? Well, to a degree, <laughs> as best I can. I'm not great at talking about matches. The but as best I can. Thing. Yeah, the the dilly whoops it. Um, <laughs> Whoopsie in the the uh, Yoshi Yoshi and Shingo. Mm. Banger. I, watched, I got to um. I didn't get a chance to watch it on the night. I watched it before the show today, and uh, Yoshi having a banger. I was, I was, I was wrapped for him. I thought that was awesome. This is because, you know, missed out on the Yoshi actually being half decent sort of thing. You saw glimpses of it maybe in one or two matches here or there. Uh, and they do a great job in the commentary of kind of like waxing lyrical about how bad he sucked in the G1 over the years. Yeah. Immediately he gets sympathy from anyone who's watching on the TV. And he, you know, I kind of just wrote a bit of notes and a lot of it has to do with like his, his, his ring gear. It came out and he's like wearing like a, like, you know, like a matrix. I wrote, he's got his matrix road worker wet weather jacket on. This is like this big trench coat thing with fucking and like um stripes and stuff. Yeah, the high vis. Uh, and then he took it off and he's got the DAX that look a bit like you know the old UFC Teletubby um Reebok gear when it first came out. It was all real stripy and <laughs> yeah, yeah. terrible. Um, but impressed me with uh all the moves. 
and uh, actually being a threat against Shingo. Also, Yoshihashi has no bum. He's just yeah. his legs meet up with his back. He's trying to be Tana in every way. <laughs> you know, like Tana also has no ass. But some cool things that they told around the like similar moves that they have and then uh, Shingo hit one and then uh, Karma's Yoshi's Karma, move. Was, yeah. Oh, Made in Japan, is that what they call it? Made in Japan and Karma are basically the same, yeah. Yeah, uh, and then like he, so he hit that move, but he was sort of underneath Shingo, so he couldn't roll over to pin him in Because he was so tired after all the... You know what I was surprised in that match, Dave? Was the striking exchange and the the, the clothesline stuff. Like, yeah. So, and, like, and they and they did that too with their commentary. They were talking about how oh he's un, he underrated um, striker. striker as far as like how hard he hits. Huh. And so like he hit like I don't know like you know like the axe bomber or he hit a fucking like a, he hit like a Yoshi biggins. bomber. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Yoshi bomber. Yeah, so, uh, he turned into Stan Hansen for twelve seconds. And then ended up losing in a roll-up, which keeps him strong because he was actually competitive against Shingo. Shingo still gets the win, but it sets Yoshi up again as like a bit of a threat in the next match because if he can do that well against Shingo, what's it going to be like? So he's going to, he'll get a signature win or two uh, in this G1, I feel like. At yeah. some point, he might spoil the party. I think he's in Juice's block, isn't he? Maybe yeah. he'll do a little Juice spoil. Itchy bun, um, Sweet Boy's Revenge. Yeah, that'd be nice. But yeah, I just like like Yoshi's like you were saying before about Goto. The fans want to cheer for him, and Shingo did a similar thing there, where he like puts him over and lets the fans get behind him. He does a really great job of, he, and he always has when you know when fan when he's able to within the match get the fans behind him. He's like hulks up or whatever, and everyone's yeah. like, "Oh, Yoshi's gonna do it," and that's the stuff he always never does but you know, <laughs> but he knows how to train that couldn't but yeah. he's um he's getting there he's getting closer he's it's getting one up of that those hill days. one of those yeah, days, one of kate, days the kate bush of fucking he's running up that hill <laughs> <laughs> yoshi to number one <laughs> yeah Maybe it'll happen happens. you're getting a revival within that uh boy you want to see more of well i want to see more of this version of yoshi because yeah. i'm i'm enjoying it and it, I, I'll, I'll link it to a story, Dave, and it's the story of this G1 thus far. Does it not feel like that there has been a concerted effort to strengthen up some of the mid-boys, give them shine, give them time, give them space, and let them get their shit in? Like, it seems like that has been, like a Yoshihashi has been given that opportunity, a Goto has been given that space. Like, we're going to use this G1 to elevate guys, not not so much in terms of their placement, just to give, just to show them that they got like they got things too, like they deserve to well, be here. Everyone's getting an opportunity to, to show out. What makes it's made, um, you know, we talked about it a few weeks ago. It's made their mid card so strong by having them be a legitimate threat hmm. to the top tier guys, but, and they're but, all trying to get to that spot, but. In the in now that they're doing that through this G1 with like some of the lower card guys, it's only going to make their lower card stronger and more compelling to watch in the future. But how so I, when I, a Yoshi Hashi match comes along, you end up going, Oh, fuck Yoshi. But how it's a sort of a magic trick though, because they're able to do it, they're able to do it without weakening. Like Shingo doesn't come off looking weak despite giving up 60% of the offense to Yoshi Hashi. You know, yeah. it's kind of a magic trick. They do this better than anyone. Yeah, I don't know how they do it. That's my kind of question is like, we've seen it with a couple of guys that have been given lots of space and 
the, the you leave that like the Godo Nido match. You leave the Nido. The story's Nido. The story's still Nido, but Godo at least gets the position to be a threat and a guy, even right. though he Hanare. lost. Hanare, yeah. he, he Hanare lost, but the story yeah. is kind of Hanare, and he lost, and he's and he's been elevated, and they've given like Zach made made a concerted effort to position him in a certain way, the same way Jay made a concerted effort to position Sonata. Like maybe I mean that might be a strategy for New Japan moving forward. To like you know if we're going to send guys to AEW or present do some presentation in the west and expansion in the west we're not always going to be able to send the top guys mm. so if we can elevate as many guys in the roster to, to get popular to look like a threat so that when they do you know we can send like a couple of lower level guys and people will be excited to see them because it's not just like kind of like the issue like principle yeah get it make some more issues because yeah. why not yeah, and you got to find another Ishii because Ishii's forty-five years old. So, like, but that's the thing. Sixty-five. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Far out. Looking old, <laughs> but still, still can do oh, it. Still so good. Yeah. You put him in there with Jay, and you just say, "All right, boys." Ironically, Jay's best matchup is probably Tomohiro Ishii, and it's like I don't know how that works because um, those guys worked a match where they basically danced. It's kind of like they are able to, they, they just have this weird chemistry where they like they can flow with one another and it doesn't make any sense. Ishii doesn't look, he doesn't look like the, I wouldn't say he looks like the, he's like, he's like the tiny dancer. <laughs> like he doesn't look like a, he doesn't look like a type of guy that necessarily has a lot of rhythm, but for some reason, whenever he's, he's basically a torso and a head. Yeah. <laughs> which doesn't like, it doesn't give you a lot of flexibility to move. It's like having a, yeah. it's like, it's like, yeah, trying to, it's like an egg. Like he's he basically. Like- like Gladstone Small, <laughs> <laughs> and so and so Jay on the other hand is all flowy and like yeah. interactive, and those two just shouldn't work, but it always works. Um, but yeah, <laughs> Jay practices his matches by wrestling an egg. <laughs> I don't want to finish the show without at least putting a shout out from Miss Doom. Um, I believe we've heard of her. At Miss Doom, has anything really surprised y'all so far? Any surprises in the tournament thus far? Um, I will say um, that the thing that has surprised me the most is the thing that I was probably hoping for the most because it's. I feel like it's happening. I feel like the Hanare progress is a real thing. It's a yeah. real thing, Dave. Um, it's a real thing. Yeah. After yeah. watching that match with, with Zach, yeah. I was like, oh, this is the fucking dude that I wanted. Like, we're getting it. Mm. You know, he was doing things like Muay Thai plum yeah. fucking knees and kicks and then, like, big elbows and, um, you know, all of his um, <clears throat> kind of, like, you know, really doing managing to um, counter all of Zach's stuff too. It was just, mm. like... Yeah, Hanari's been awesome. And then yep. just hitting out of nowhere, gigantic, strong, hoss power moves and just such a simple story that one was telling of how, like, Zach was just allowing him to give him his moves just so he could say, kick me, because I'll turn that against you. I'll, and then, But Hanare, though, 
just looks so strong. Like at first I was like, oh yeah, he's going to tie him up and everything. But then, yeah, Hanare just looked like a different beast altogether compared to where he was yeah, like- a year or so ago. Completely different beast. The, the guy looks like an imposing guy. Two matches in and, you know, I, I was like, oh, we'll see how he goes with Zach. But he looks like a threat and that's everything that I'd hoped for. For him, whether think, he wins another match or not, just to be a threat in each match yeah. and to look like he's going to hurt people. Yeah, yeah. He had a couple of combinations. He does combos. I was like, oh, that's cool. Yeah. Like the, that corner combo yeah, like thing he's where he did getting the, a bit of a distinct move set or yeah. yeah style. Yeah, it's cool. And like yeah. he's he, he did a uh, he did a top rope corner into Guri. Uh, I'm a huge fan of the Berserker as well. Like the out of nowhere Berserker and just to pick the guy up and slam him down. Like that really legitimately was the first time that I've seen Zach and going, oh shit, Zach might lose this. Like, you know what I mean? Like I literally thought Zach was going to to actually lose that match. Yeah, well, he got he got a lot because the way they that's the way they booked it too. Different, they, they sort of it was more back and forth. It was like it, it yeah. was kind of this cat and mouse kind of game where it's like the cat's fucking jacked and his fucking horse yeah. cat, and the mouse is trying its best to get a heel hook in. Um, and obviously, the the finish calling back to legit Hanari's legit injury, which perfectly sets him up for to have a an issue throughout the rest of the tournament yeah it's been which zach is grateful and that again gives him an out you know he gets that big win the the win against tanashi will get him back in the g1 that's the thing like he beat tanashi in g1 you're going to get an invite back and for people that obviously like oh the booking over but the match against zach justified the decision because it was like it was an opportunity for him to have to go and he he proved that was a that was like that was legit match. It was it was good. It was great. Yeah. Like it's not a not. There's nothing. It was like that was a great match on, on a on a great night. That that match still yeah. was something people were talking about. So it it looked like a mixed martial arts match. You know what I mean? Like the way they yeah, started off, dances they had, and everything. Like that, and that I really stance. Yeah, that was the cool thing about it too. Is like you know that because Zach's got that such a heavy grappling submission sort of style. And he kind of used his own like Thai, Muay Thai kind of grappling stuff to sort of counteract a lot of it. I was like, mm. oh, that was that was a sort of a brilliant way to sort of blend the two styles because it could have just been very kick punch from Hanare. But, you know, there's just another level layer changes. to the yeah, Little yeah. things like a level change. Yeah, you just yeah, don't yeah. see. And some of like bodies, um, you know, punches to the body and that big elbow he hit. And mm. yeah, then he followed, he did the elbow then followed the kick. It was like, it was, yeah. It's like, and then and the fake low Superman punch. Mm. Yeah, like, that was awesome. Yes. It was like yeah, that's. Yeah. It was like holy shit. Like he's tick. Like where's this been hiding? Because it was just like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. He, like, he, he drops Zach. Yeah, <laughs> but that but that was like a that's that is really hard to execute where you pull off what is this, in essence a choreographed spot, but you have to make it look exactly like you would in a fight. Like he was able to to combo it and his flow was yeah. so solid it's like he's been he's been working a lot and, on that combination like really bringing in that mma style like checking kicks as well i was yeah. like oh, you don't often see that in in pro wrestling yeah I, i'm with cool. you what a surprise it's yeah. and now i think the, i think you you've lucked out because the world's going to get this like i think the world's been surprised i think new japan world's been surprised and people are eating a lot it's going to be there's going to be a lot of humble pie being eaten in regards to Hanare because he's he's that guy this year. I think I think he's that guy that 
everyone thought was going to have a shit G1 or it's going to be shit. And it's like, no, no, he's going to be a, he's going to be one of the, the key sort of guys out of it, you know. And it so, only strengthens, um, you know, the, the empire and all that sort of stuff. Oh, yeah. He's the, he's the yeah. fourth guy in that group. Yeah. Yeah. It makes, makes Will look even smarter for bringing him in. And yeah, yeah. I think it's, I think it's awesome. It tells it, it can tell a lot of stories off the back of it too. So it's cool. Like you can compare his look to like half the, the painted face and where he was wearing before. Now, like he, he looks like with his like gloves on and his pants and everything. He looks like, cool. Yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. He looks cool. Like but he, he looks like the type of guy that, you know, is walking down at like uh Rapongi at 3 a.m. You just don't, don't mess with this guy. Like, <laughs> you're, like, he just has that good feel like he's he's got that street fighter feel and that's a gimmick i think you can work yeah so but he's also helped a lot of people and he's a counselor as well yeah i know he's a nice guy but you know. i love that i love that they throw that in he's <laughs> not he's a lovely guy but yeah but he yeah. likes to fight hard he likes to fight hard yeah. Yeah, but look he's a kiwi right so like he's a lovable lovely guy but I don't want to don't throw punches with him. No. No. <laughs> but, but I don't want to get into a scrap. So, uh, yes, great stuff. Uh, for me, um, I, surprised. Eh, I mean, I've been surprised by the format. I have found the format to be surprising and surprised by, I'm not sure if I like it entirely. I think the gaps between matches is, is a concern in the early part. But I do feel like long-term, it's going to be beneficial, especially as we get towards the last two weeks of the tournament when they sort of start to stack on top of each other and the, the matches sort of ramp up. Um, I've sort of been surprised by the the layouts, particularly in, in sort of the match. Or I, I wouldn't imagine that New Japan in the past would have put on a night like night three, um, which I think is surprising in a bad way. May have been the worst night of G1 I've ever seen. So the fact that they, I mean, thank it had to die. It had to, it had to, so that we could get night four. Like yeah. that was the key. Night three was the penance. So we could all embrace night four because it was bad because ultimately there was nothing on there in a lot of ways that could save it because of the way the format is. Like some nights are going to be a bit of a downer because they don't have the capacity to put on eight matches or whatever, nine matches where you can have three or four that are going to be absolute all time bangers they have to sort of spread those out over the tour. So it's one night, one match a night is kind of got the designated role as you're going to be the role. Now in, I've been surprised by that, that decision by new Japan. That's been surprising. I think it's, it will be interesting to see. I think it makes it easier to watch to be fair. Like I think it content, like you got time and give space for things to breathe, but I'm not sure if I like it more than the good, those nights, those halcyon days where you'd have like that, just that card to just be this, you know, just ramp up until you get these, you know, all timers. But I will reserve my judgment until the end because I do think it's going to lead to an all time finish. I think we're going to get like yeah. essentially block finals, semi finals. I think it's going to, that is going to be the heightened, like the, the level of stress that that's going to bring out. I and- think like, a week from now is going to be different too when guys are like a couple of wins in and maybe a loss or a couple of losses. And we're seeing that. And, yeah, we're seeing that already yeah. for a couple of guys that but no, it will start to really ramp up then. And you've got more time to sit with it. Yeah. You know, like you don't have two nights and they're back at it again. It's like you got to sit with it for it. Like Tai Chi's off for like 10 days. Yeah. Know? So that makes me want to cry. I know. I know. My God, how good. 
Um, so, and that's a good that's a good segue into a question from Curtis, our boy Curtis from the uh, Carter Shorts podcast at El Destructor eighty three, with a tremendous handle at the moment, Ichiban Sweet Boy Curtis. Um, Yoshihashi deserves relation like a, a a connection there. Ichiban Sweet Boy Curtis asks, "Who's out already? Like, who's already eliminated?" Uh, Tomo, uh, this is, I mean, I don't necessarily, I mean, technically, I think everyone is technically still in play, but I think the question is speaking to the format this year, six matches. How, what does that actually look like? Do we think, because here's the thing, six matches, how many can you lose? Mm. Two. Two? Two. In theory, three with tiebreakers? That's pretty messy. You don't think it's going to get messy? Because I think I think block C might get messy. Two to be certain. You wouldn't want any less than two, any more than two. No. I think we're going to have two things happen. I have a feeling there might be two boys that run the table. And I think that C block is going to be an absolute clusterfuck that comes down to a tiebreaker where Zach Saber Jr. is four and one and uh our sweet. Sweet Naito is at or three and two on the final night. I can see that happening. So that there's a way that someone can get through with four and two. I think is I think four and two is about the best you can do. I don't think you can get any further because the way these tiebreakers are, like if you lose to if you lose to Jay, for instance, in B block, like Sonata has, you have to now get past how many wins Jay wins. Mm. You can't tie with him because you've lost the tiebreaker. So the narrative sort of drama of that's going to out the window. You have to win more than he has. So if he doesn't, if he loses one match, you can't, you can't beat him. He has to lose two Mm. and you have to win the rest. You have to win out. Like you, as Dave said, you cannot lose more than two matches and be guaranteed a spot. Like it's a different world we're living in. Like, I don't know how they're going to do the the G1 math. Yeah. Like it's more complicated. I mean, I I think you got to go by a block by block uh scenario and figure out what the what are the key elements within there and what are the yeah. stories i don't think the story of um the is it b block that jay's in yeah i don't think the story of b block is sonata chasing jay doesn't feel like it no i didn't feel like that was a story from the start i feel like it's uh the story of it's the story of jay (laughs) remember how we talked about we talked about this is where storytelling continues to play a part and it's a role remember we talked about when jay wrestled at carter and i said he was telling the story of the pandemic Hmm. and the frustration of people overcoming and trying to get the crowd to cheer well jay after beating tomohiro ishii in a great match jay decides that he's going to do the end of the match end of the night promo and he decides that to get a reaction, he goes, I'm going to speak in Japanese. The crowd, we've been talking about this, right? Like the inevitable rise of Jay as the, the face. Jay will be a face when he stalks Japanese and speaks Japanese to the Japanese audience, which we know he can do because when he went on excursion, he spoke fluent Japanese to wish, you know, to send the crowd off. On this night, he gets Oiwa to come up. So young Oiwa, the young boy comes up, which is a, classic jay stable whenever he's going to do a bit bringing the young boy in so oiwa comes up and up comes oiwa and he holds the mic for jay and then jay starts talking to oiwa's in his ear and everyone's like what's he going to do with oiwa 
Now, Oiwa holds the mic for Jay, at which point Jada says, okay, I'm going to speak the language that you guys understand. He then proceeds to clap for three minutes in some form of Morse code and doesn't speak. He claps the entire time. If you are only going to engage me with that language, I will only speak back to you in the same language. He commits to the bit. It does. It's like a Family Guy bit. It just keeps going. It's not yeah. like at it's some. Like when, it's, uh, he fights the chicken. Yeah, it just keeps going, and Jay is committed to this. And at the end of it, he says, "Thank you." Uh, the translations will be up later, and then he walks. <laughs> he's he's off, and I was like, "This is." And it's like we've we the story that he's telling is that's the story he's telling. It's the story of him versus the pandemic and versus how what's happened in japan and how they can't cheer and how frustrated he is about how they can't give him back what he's given to them and so he's almost going out on a limb to say well all right fuck is then i'll speak japanese this is all i'm hearing it's all i hear you say is this and i thought there's your there's your story of this champion of like i want to get to a point where i'm hearing you cheer and I'll be a prick. I'm still a prick about all this shit. But who comes up, like only Jay White comes up with that idea of yeah. I'm going to clap for three minutes. And, and it's compelling because everyone's watching it. They feel like, no, no one knows what he's, he's clapping in sync with his words. He's speaking, you can see him mouthing it, but he's clapping over it so that every time he says a word, he claps. It's, he, does his whole, he does his whole gimmick too. Like he does sold out, it does the whole thing in claps. It was, it was as ballsy as it gets because he's in front of, you know, a big crowd. It's like, just, all right, I'm going to clap. And it worked. And I just, I would be remiss not to mention it. As I said, this is, the G1 is as much about the matches as it is the stories that go on throughout it. And the, the post-match promos, the promos in front of the audience. Block by block, it's going to be, the block A, I mean, it's no Akata. one's really going to touch the Carter, are they? Because now Jeff Cobb's lost to him. So Akata has to lose twice. So the only the only way well Tom Lawler hasn't even wrestled yet, has he? I know. Welcome to the tournament. Tom Lawler yeah, has not wrestled, and some of the guys have got two matches. Yeah. So I mean, maybe Tom. I mean, they're not going to. Tom's not going to make a semi-final in his first G one. I wouldn't have thought. <laughs> no, so yeah. that's the story of Okada. The B block is the story of Jay, and then whatever happens in that final match against Tama. C is the. It'll be the close one, the clusterfuck, and then. Um, uh, D will be down to uh, Will, Shingo, and Juice. Maybe that'll be a close tiebreaker one as well. Yep. I think that's, I think all of those are, I think you could see that before the tournament. I just think it's going to be, yeah. you, the math is going to be like, there's going to be some machinations happening. So it's that, there will be some weird stuff happening with the math to make it work. But it's a different, it's a very different world this world, this year in this block because there's so many different variables. Um, in terms of the, the tightness of it. We're not talking about nine matches anymore. We're talking about six. That's a big difference in terms of the math. Mm. You know, like three and three is like traditionally like a 50-50 record. You could, in the past, you couldn't get a 50-50 record. There's nine matches. It's either five or four or four or five. You couldn't go 500. So that in itself creates a whole manner of, like what if six guys are tied for, like what if they're all tied at three? Like it's possible. And then we have to do like some weird, it, it will all simplify. Don't worry, everyone that's listening, it all simplifies and it becomes very obvious in the last night. We all know what has to happen. But this year, more than any years, I think that 
there'll be some eliminations early, put it that way. In certain yeah. blocks, think A block and B block, there'll be some guys gone quick. And I swear to God, Naito better not be one of them. Every year. It's every year. Fucking year. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's always the story of Naito's G1. Yep. Can he overcome the change, odds? Change the record, I say. <laughs> <laughs> Great, Dave. Making, making, my, making friends here. my controversial take. Yeah, fuck him. For this podcast. So you're going to be yeah. cheering for evil? That was, is this what's happening now? Get the win, evil. Well, look, why not? <laughs> I, don't, I believe there's probably a metric out there somewhere that says maybe. Why not? There's, why, I mean, you don't need Naito to win the G1 to tell a Naito story. It's happened before. No. He doesn't exactly. have to win the G1. That's true. So, I mean, everyone goes, oh, Naito's got to win the G1. And then the last time he didn't win the G1 and he still made it to Wrestle Kingdom, the whole time everyone's going, oh, he's now, he, oh, now he, can't, he can't make it to the... And I'm like... <laughs> Naito's going to be in the fucking main event of Wrestle Kingdom. He's going to win the main event of Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah. But, oh, no, it can't happen. It can't happen. Like, Naito doesn't need... I mean, he can just... Something will happen, (laughs) and he'll manage to be there. His destino. He'll get get what everyone wants him to have. It's always (laughs) the way. Naito gets the big story. Yeah. And, uh, frankly, I'm sick of it. (laughs) 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 